This is an ABC podcast. I'm Ann Jones and this is Off Track. Nature. On your radio, in your pocket, on your phone, and most importantly, nature in your ears. To finish up our year this year, here is another special episode made up of sounds sent entirely by you, the listeners. So thank you to every single one of you. Pat sent in this wonderful recording of the Mallee on Kangaroo Island in South Australia. Pat writes, I was just out on our property, which contains the threatened ecological community of narrow-leafed Mallee here on Kangaroo Island, and I recorded some birdsong. And Pat sent in an extra recording also of this male scarlet robin who sings incredibly sweetly. And there's a little surprise in this recording. Wait for it. And Pat isn't the only one who has some introduced foul interrupting recordings. Jeff sent this in. It's the sound of guinea fowl, which Jeff says are good for eating insects and ticks and whatnot from the garden, but I say they're possibly not that good for neighbourly diplomatic relations. Paul sent this one in, and I played it to Dr Jodie Rowley from the Australian Museum. She's a frog expert. Now, I think I might know that what this one is, but you can just never be sure with frogs, so I'm going to play it to you anyway. It's recorded in Lismore on the north coast of New South Wales. Sounds like they're at a rave party. <laughs> There's some good music. They're so loud. Are they green tree frogs? They are indeed. Yes. Thank you, Paul C., for sending that one in. I mean, green tree frogs, it'd have to be the one frog that almost everyone in Australia would have to be able to identify, right? Because they're always in postcards and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and they're actually a really popular pet around the world as well. Mm. Somehow Australia let them out at one point, and so they actually, they are a a really sort of, yeah, they're a charismatic, awesome frog. Uh, They're chilled out. They live for a really long time. They can live for 35 years or more. Um, they're, they're just wonderful frogs and I wish they still lived in Sydney so I could have one in my backyard. Scott Fisher submitted an absolutely stellar group of recordings and I think Scott must be a musician or something because he has very good recording gear. This is from Adelaide. And it's magpie wing beats. And another one from Scott, also from Adelaide, a familiar sound to many, I'm sure, the Australian wood duck. (coughs) 
from a common but beautiful sound to an uncommonly heard but, frankly, astounding sound. Yes, it is a humpback whale and it was sent in by Drew, who's an off-track listener. I couldn't believe it when I opened this email. Here's Drew. Our family loves to go whale watching. There's something truly majestic about watching one of these great ocean giants rising up above and breaking the water surface and sometimes blowing a mist of rainbow-coloured steam towards the sky that really excites us. So, And often while you're whale watching, the operator will... Uh, drop a hydrophone into the water so that you can listen to the whale song. And nearly all the time this happens, you can distantly hear the singing of a whale. And it sounds like so many different recordings of whale song you've heard before. But uh, last time we were uh, just off Cape Byron, probably two or three nautical miles, we're following a whale and a whale submerged and then didn't come up again. So the operator decided to drop their hydrophone in the water <laughs> and, and it, the, the sound was, the song was so loud, it was as though we were sitting on top of the whale and then it started to make all sorts of weird and wonderful grunts, groans and squeals that we'd never heard before. We were all mesmerised for a long time before we decided to even record it. And that is where this recording came from. Be like Drew. When you hear something wonderful, whether it's rare or not, record it and save it for us here at Off Track and the ABC. And if you're game on a separate recording, why don't you tell me about it? Tell me where you were and what happened. Tell me why that recording is special to you. Pretend, you know, you're, you're David Suzuki or David Attenborough or David... Pretend you're a presenter and email me your recordings. Offtrack at abc.net.au. The email box is always open for your sound submissions. Offtrack at abc.net.au. From the moans of whales to whales in trees. Sarah from Ireland sent in this recording from WA of these noisy black cockies in Warren River National Park. Now, beyond them being black cockies, I sort of can't tell the species apart. And there are several species of black cocky in that part of WA. So, 
I sent this to Erica Roper, who was writing a PhD all about some of the special cockies in the Perth area to see if she could tell what was going on. Hello, I'm Erica Roper, speaking to you all the way from Perth, WA, where I researched the red-tailed black cockatoo. Firstly, there's a lot going on in this recording. We have two species of black cockatoos, including some juveniles. At the very beginning, we can hear the wee-loo call of a white-tailed black cockatoo. Now this could either be a Carnaby's black cockatoo or a Bodan's black cockatoo. It's very difficult to tell from call alone. There are probably only a handful of people in the world who can distinguish these two species by sound. The rest of us have to rely on sight. Next, we can hear the raspy, squeaky call of a begging juvenile red-tailed black cockatoo. Juveniles beg for food and attention from their parents and they can go on incessantly. There are also some standard red-tailed black cockatoo contact calls in this recording. Red-tailed black cockatoos have the least pleasant call, in my opinion, of all the black cockatoos, but they're still much nicer to listen to than a flock of corellas or soft-crested cockatoos. Towards the end of the recording, the whitetails start up again. That's all from me. Keep your ears open and don't forget to look up. And sticking with parrots in West Australia, here's a recording from Ollie in Floriat. Ollie writes, here's a recording of a troop of six 28 parrots feeding in the Japanese pepper tree in our neighbour's garden. In the east, you probably call them ringnecks, but they are definitely saying 28, 28. Robin Mowat sent in a cacophony of screamers from Collaroy in New South Wales. I know it's cicadas or cicadas, as you might say, Robin, but beyond that, I need an expert. My name is Dr Nathan Emery and I'm a cicada researcher from Sydney. This screeching call we can hear in the recording can only belong to the razor grinder cicada, or Henicopsaltria iduxii. The razor grinder gets its name from the piercing metallic call that males produce, and perhaps luckily for our ears' sake, they tend to emerge in large numbers only in some years, while in other years there are very few adults that emerge. Razor grinders are around 5 to 6 centimetres in length, predominantly brown in colour and have black and white zigzag patterns on their forewing veins. So male and females do look similar, apart from the fact that males have vibrant orange drummers on their underside. Look, I think we all need an ear palate cleanser after that one. 
Tina sent in this glorious little recording. And she wrote, It was December, on a day walk overland from Cockle Creek to South Cape Bay in Tasmania. This is the most southerly part of Tasmania, and the walk, if you continue on, becomes the gruelling south coast track. Maybe you can tell me who this bird is. A captivating song in a windless, dense banksia forest behind the dunes with the raging southern ocean about a kilometre further on. You can hear the roar of the ocean in the background, as well as a bothersome fly. I asked Sarah Lloyd, an expert naturalist from Tasmania, if she could have a listen to this recording from Tina. This is a beautiful, clear recording of an olive whistler. And you can also hear the songs of the crescent honey eater. Olive whistlers are widespread in Tasmania, usually in the wetter areas. And they also occur on the Australian mainland east of the Great Dividing Range in Victoria and New South Wales. Their song is similar to the songs of the closely related golden whistler and grey shrike thrush. The first phrase sounds a bit like a wolf whistle, and I've heard them make that call before, especially when they regularly come in contact with people. Perhaps people will whistle back to them to reinforce that song. The second phrase is very like the song of a golden whistler, and it can take lots of practice to differentiate the songs of the two species. The olive whistler is about the same size as the golden whistler and the grey shrike thrush, slightly smaller than a blackbird. They are a dark olive colour and very elusive. They usually keep very well hidden in the understory vegetation, the only signs of their presence being their rich melodious songs. recorded this on a rural property outside Launceston in a September and it was in a largish pond. Dr Jody Rowley. So there's three species in in that recording. The the more prominent sort of boom boom, the deeper woody kind of call with the occasional grunt which is more of the sort of aggressive part of their call so occasionally that like, which sounds a little bit sometimes like your motorbike frog um, so that is correct that's the pobblebonk also known as the eastern banjo frog then you've got more spotted marsh frogs that tack, 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 tack. and then you've got in the background a layer that's that's actually pretty hard to hear unless you really listen for it of the common eastern froglets They really do sound like banjos in this recording. (laughs) They have a beautiful earthy tone to them. And you can tell a lot about a frog by the call it makes. You can tell that banjo frogs are kind of big because they've got that sort of the deep kind of call associated with them and and you can can get an understanding of the sort of the frogscape. What a beautiful recording. And it really, I feel that especially the choruses, can be really transportative. Like you can sort of imagine the dam. You can. In the paddock near Launceston. 
or in this case, the Pobblebonx from the Mount Lofty Botanic Gardens, sent in by Alexander and Amanda from South Australia. Or this one from Woodner in South Australia on the Air Peninsula, sent in from Jeff. Sarah lives in Canberra, near the foot of Red Hill, and has been transfixed by the mournful, trilling cry of this bird, which she hears at dawn. She wrote that she's never been able to actually see this bird. So let's hear what an expert can tell us. I'm Dr Mark Eldridge from the Australian Museum. I'm a research scientist in terrestrial vertebrates. In this recording, we can hear a number of different bird calls. There's a striated pardalote. There's a magpie lark or peewee. There is, I think, briefly the twittering of a thornbill. And you can hear somebody moving around, crunching on the dry leaf litter. Already in my mind, I have this picture of an open woodland bird community. And then there's this mystery call, this trill, this mournful trill, which is repeated throughout the recording. It's a little bit tricky, but I think what it is, is the black-faced cookie shrike. A fairly common open country bird that is omnivorous, eats insects and fruit. That's fairly common, but Often unobtrusive, it'll sit quietly uh, in the canopy uh, or on power lines and call. And this is just one of its many calls. It has a whole variety of calls. And it sounds a bit like a contact call that you might have between um, one or two individuals. They're often solitary or in pairs, but never in, in large flocks. William says he works 12-hour-long shifts in a mine truck at Rolleston in Queensland. This is a recording he made on his morning walk. Now, this is an area sort of between Rockhampton and Longreach, and it's well outside my own area of knowledge because the birds are different and they sound different all over Australia. So I sent this to ecologist Dr Elliot Leach, who lives in Queensland and has an excellent list of Queensland birds, and he had a listen. So this grinding kind of thing that's going on in the background I think is a spotted bowerbird. But I can also hear some parrots, maybe rainbow lorikeets in the background as well. Ah, that little piping call was a pale-headed rosella. And just before that you could hear the wings of a crested pigeon. Bowerbird's still going. Mm. 
and really faintly I can hear this little which is the call of a small bird called a striated partilote, one of Australia's cutest birds. And it sounds like William's going for a bit of a walk. The pale-headed Rosella is piping on in the background. And I can still hear the lorikeets. Ah, oh, that nice little chattering is Willy Wagtail. And then that louder call is a galah flying past. You hear the wings of a crested pigeon again. A blowfly. And the contact call of a young miner. I can't tell if it's yellow-throated or noisy miner. Both occur out that way. There's a probably an Australian raven in the background and then a noisy fryer bird and that piping call again is the pale-headed Rosella and I think that's about it so thanks to William for sending it in Carl sent in this from Brunswick in Melbourne not sure if he was hearing possums or bats this is classic fruit bat. This is flying fox calls, Carl. Screaming, arguing with each other. Unless you live near a roost, though, you can generally be assured that the bat's presence will only last as long as there's food in the trees around your place, and then they'll be off looking for food and water elsewhere. Paul Cregan recorded this for all of us. It's a storm that he recorded from his place in northern New South Wales a while back. This is well before the fires of 2019. And he said that the thunder shook the house. should send recordings of natural sounds to me. Go on, your favourite sounds. Rain, hail, the beach, insects, birds, what it's like in the morning down the back of your farm, or when the galahs get going at night, or a mystery call, or anything. I want to hear it. And here's another one from Paul. From the border ranges at the base of a huge red cedar, which he says could be about a thousand years old. 
So be like Paul and don't be a stranger over this summer. Record sounds and send them to me at offtrack at abc.net.au. I promise that once I've had a bit of a break, I'll come back and listen to them all and that way we'll be able to stretch that summer holiday feeling a little bit longer. I'm Ann Jones and this is Off Track. And remember to stay subscribed to the podcast feed. I'll use that as a launching pad to take you somewhere else. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.